0: elbows getting closer to the stars rubbing elbows you don't have to listen from afar close as a whisper as clear as day rubbing elbows
1: Sunday. What I see. He said, My imagination, these songs and this guitar have taken me around the world. I've even touched a star. He sang for nothing, but he smiles when the money hits the jar sings, Jesus loves me, this I know, somewhere bluebirds fly over the rainbow, God is great, and God is good to me, he gave me music, and
2: music's
1: what I see. I've been busted flat in Baton Rouge on a long black train. Felt the tracks of my tears with blue eyes crying in the rain. I faced a ring of fire with Sunday morning coming down. He was looking straight at me when he said, "Music, music's what I see."
2: Are you ready to get some exclusive behind-the-scenes stories about some of music's biggest-named songwriters and artists? Well, we have good news for you. You are there. That's right, you are there. Rubbing Elbows is your VIP ticket to this experience. Our host, Don Ellis Gatlin, has rubbed elbows with some of the biggest-named artists on the planet. He knows things about these artists that they may not even know about themselves. Or remember, all you have to do is sit back, relax and get ready to enjoy the conversation and music as you are our guest on the proverbial green room of podcasts, Rubbin' Elbows. And now, Don, the show is yours.
0: Rhonda, thank you so much for being on the show, Rubbin' Elbows. And My uh,
3: pleasure. Thanks for having
0: me. <laughs> I, I, you know I'm a big fan and um, uh, again, I want I want everyone to... Uh, to to know before the show's over, just uh, the, how diverse you are, how amazingly talented you are, not just a, an amazing singer, musician, and how how you've taken, I think you've taken bluegrass and the basis of bluegrass and taken it to other elements that I don't think anybody else has done uh, as effectively as, as you have, but how did this whole amazing journey start for you?
3: Well, I grew up in a musical family, Speck five generations of music. So it wasn't really, people say, when did you choose bluegrass or when did you choose to? it wasn't really a choice. Uh, it was just something that my family did and it became even more focused. Uh, my father had a car wreck when I was two and broke his neck paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. Not expected to live, let alone walk. But he said, you know, Lord, if you'll give me one good leg, I'll drag the other one. And that's exactly what happened. He regained his mobility walking with a cane. And so the music really became more focused than, you know, growing up in this in this musical family before. But then he couldn't chase after us. So I think, you know, picking me up from school every day, we'd sing till dinner. And after dinner, friends came over to play uh, music until bedtime. And I think it's because of that he he kept us at, at arm's length, and I I don't think we would have probably had the the intensity had it not been for that. When I was two years old,
0: were what was your first instrument that you picked up? Uh,
3: six years old. My father got me a snare, a stand, and a set of brushes. And I was the, uh, the drummer for the Sally Mountain show. You know, when I started singing when I was three and joined the group at five, we had this television show and we made our, we had a TV show, radio show, made our first recording. And so it was, it was people. It was my grandpa Bill, my mom and dad, Aunt Catherine, Uncle Pearl, cousins Rick and Joe, plus friends. So we were the, the Sally Mountain show. It was the only instrument left, I think. And so I came with that beat. I, like, I started
0: out like Karen Carpenter thing, starting on the drums.
3: Oh my goodness. I never thought of it like that. Yep. So, and then at eight, I started playing the mandolin, the fiddle at 12. So my dad played everything. So, you know, for him, we would take phases on those. We would, I, here's the mandolin, here's GC and D and then you took it from there. We, we played each night. So uh, you take it from there. He would get you started and then you, you, no formal training or, or lessons. Uh, wow. I just did a, of a an email interview and that's what they were saying what kind of lessons did you have but it was basically on the job training we were playing we were doing shows we were doing this radio show we're doing a a tv show at 5 a.m every friday on the farm progress or farm report so you know it's uh, all these different elements and it prepared me for virtually anything
2: i just want to say that as the ed mcmahon of this podcast um (laughs) i just realized that i've got a kindred spirit with uh with Rhonda here i'm a rock keyboard player you're in the country world but i started out on a snare drum too so how do you like that <laughs>
3: that's i fun. did yes i like it i like it
2: <laughs> very very <laughs> so you're
0: you're in the band you have an own tv show and all this stuff but like when was the moment you said hey i'm going to take this uh you know, that, that that moment where you go i'm going to take this to nashville when, when did that come
3: well i did the show you can be a star oh that's so, right. so did i character. Really, I yeah. don't
0: see. I did the, when, when Jim Ed Brown was the host, yes, I was the grand champion winner in
3: 1986. Whoa! Yeah. Well, I so it was. I was on in 1985. Wow! And I went to work for Jim Ed Brown two weeks later. He hired me. I did not know bands. that. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I went to work. he. Basically, while I'm on, while I'm on the show my parents were behind the curtain singing harmony and Jim Ed comes back there and they're like, we're singing. She's on TV and he's asking them about where I'm from, if he can hire me and all this sort of thing.
0: Rhonda, I've known you for a long time. I've never known that story.
3: That's, that was my first experience in Nashville. My first experience away from my family. I'm, you know, here I am with my family all of these years, never really worked with, I mean, I did some other things, but never really working apart from them. And so that was, I came to Nashville. Uh, it's my first appearance with Jim Ed was on the Grand Ole Opry. And <laughs> my first, here I am, I get to town first time, really away from my parents so, so much. And he says, we're the host of the segment. And he says, um, we did our song and we're waiting for the other artist." I can't even remember who it was. He turns to me, he said, you're going to do the next song. What are you going to do? Wow. And it's like, so I picked a song and I got to sing my very first night with Jim Ed Brown. I got to sing a solo on the ground. My knees were knocking. My knees were I knocking. I believe we I never knew that. We went from there. We got on the bus. I toured with him from April to October of
0: 1985. Wow. Well, that is uh, that is amazing. I can't believe I never came up in conversation ever with you. I, <laughs> I never knew that. And we had that in common. You could be a star. I did not know that. That's it's, right. Uh, uh, about seven years later, um my brother and I would be lucky enough to go out on the road with you. Uh we, uh you were amazing because it was literally like 11 guys on a bus and you. We we did 28 we did 28 cities in 30 days and it was literally 11 guys on a bus and, and Ronnie you were such a trooper and every night every night you you were prepared you you knew your audience. You came out there and you and um, you killed it. I mean, vocally oh. and, mus- and musically, and what I, the professionalism of, of you and and uh, but I thought it was an interesting time in your career because it was like it was for a giant records. How that come to, about was for a major country music label, not necessarily a ga- a uh, bluegrass label,
3: right? Well, and that was a crossroads in my life. I here I am. I'm with Jim Ed eighty five. Six months with him, I chose to go back to Missouri. And I continued through that time to, to tour with my family. And that I start, from that experience, I started making my own solo projects before it had been with the Sally Mountain Show. Right. I made my first solo project. I made three, four, five, four Rebel Records. And during, during that process, I met James Stroud. And yes. Carl Jackson introduced us. Uh, was make, I was making—I think I was making my third album for for Rebel, and and Carl said, uh, "I want to introduce you so, to somebody." I met James. I gave him a CD. He came back the next day. In fact, he was. Here's this is historical. We were—he was in—we were in Reflection Studio in Nashville. Yeah. I was in Studio B recording an album called "Timeless and True Love." James Stroud was in Studio A recording a guy by the name of Clint Black that had yet to be released. <laughs> So uh, he was, (laughs) yeah. And so we met in the break room and he turned, he listened to the CD and he came back the next day. He said, I want to work with you. And I think it was six months later, something like that. He would be, he called me and he said, listen, I'm going to be the new president of giant records. And I want you to be the first person that I sign. So that's how I ended up on giant. And that's how we ended up on the tour together. I did over the course of five years that became like what my musical college years, I came to Nashville learning. Or I, I never really lived here, but I was back and forth. I was managed by Jack McFadden and booked wow. by Stan Barnett. This was the Billy Ray Cyrus. I got to watch the entire Billy Ray Cyrus story unfold before my very eyes. Achy, breaky heart. The dance uh, <laughs> get invented. So I got to watch all of these things and learn from the best of the best. James Stroud, uh-huh. Fundus, Richard Landis. Uh, so I'm soaking all this in. Five years later, I'm at a crossroads. What am I going to do? And it's like coming out of college, really, or high school saying, okay, you've done all this. What are you going to do with your life? You've learned all this. Where's it going to be? And I just put together a band of friends. It was Rhonda, Alan, Joey, and Earl. And we got together in my living room. We started playing a little bit. To choose, it wasn't really a choice still, because bluegrass was so natural that's what i you know that was like this is the easy thing this is what we do that's just as easy for me as sitting in my living room at home and watching television because this is just what we did and so it wasn't until years later i think your question was when did i say this is you know this is my focus this is what i'm going to do it was years later i mean i um i put this band together and that's how i got the name the rage for my band because her my husband comes in and says I have the name for your band. It's Rhonda, Alan, Joey and Earl, the rage. And then Alan, Joey and Earl were no longer in the band. And they would put a tilde in the, at the end of it, they call it Rajay. They, they always butcher the the last, the, the name, the rage. So I just said, you know what? It's Rhonda and the rage, R-A-G-E. And let's go on. So 2000, I released an album. i was signed with rounder records. Yes. And released an album. The first thing that happened was that album was reviewed in the wall street journal. The Wall Street Journal said Rhonda Vincent is the new queen of bluegrass. So it it was not one to find yeah, right. and saying <laughs> well, so, but so that it was a series of things like this and it still years went on it probably wasn't until I don't know 10 years ago I finally said oh my goodness this is what I'm going to do this is this is what I do because yeah. it was it's just was so natural it was just a, a process of things and you know we get to do this and we get to do that and and so it was never like this Okay, this is your career. It was just a, a building. I won my first of like seven consecutive female vocalists
0: of the year. I was just going to say that and you that won, won like, the, I was just going to say that you won like seven years in a row, the best uh, uh, artist.
3: And so each thing is a, was it like a confirmation? You know, when you create something and you don't know, you know, when you create music, you don't know, you write a song.
1: Yeah.
3: Is anybody going to like it? I don't, you know, you don't know until you get out there and, you know, it's almost like standing on stage naked. It's like, okay, here's my new song. What do you think? But,
2: um, well, you know what, you know, I was just going to say, Rhonda, um, what I take away from sitting here listening to your guys' conversation so far is what so many artists need to hear. And that is, is, is there's no happenstance. There's no luck. Everything you've said so far is, is that old adage of every performance and every record is your audition for the next step of your journey. And
3: that is so so true. I hadn't mm -hmm. thought of it like that, but you are so right.
2: Well, that's, that's what I've taken away from what I'm hearing so far. And I hope the artists who are listening to this can draw some inspiration from that. Cause that's you, you, what what you've done with your life is, is, is is really inspirational.
0: I want to say too, just go on, go on YouTube, check out any performance of Rhonda Vincent, anyone, it don't matter. It's always perfection. Like it's even when you're singing backup. I saw something the other night. uh, You and your brother did with uh, Joy. I think it's Joyce Kendall, lead singer of the the Kindles, and you were on the. Oh, uh, Ginny Kendall, yeah. Ginny Kendall, and uh, it was a Thank God for the Radio, and this was a big hit for the Kindles uh, around 1984. And y'all guests sang on it with her on the uh, on the uh, family uh, uh, country's family reunion. Yeah, country's family reunion. Thank God for the radio. somebody you like you, you're going to nail it it was ridiculous it's like that's what it should be like that's where the bar should be we're not going to get there but we should chase after your bar because <laughs> that that is that is ridiculous i mean just as a guest singer you 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 want you could you can tell there's a pride there and, and, and a love of what you do that you want it to be perfect you know absolutely great.
3: absolutely you know and i think our greatest life lesson so my family played the Sally Mountain Show. We played at Silver Dollar City and I, I need to go back and find the exact year of when this is I'm sure it's documented. So we're at Silver Dollar City. We played there five five days Monday through Friday. Friday night we'd drive to a festival, play a Friday night show Saturday Sunday, Sunday night drive back to, to Branson, play Silver Dollar City. We played from 8 a.m five one hour shows, 8 a.m. to 6. On this particular day, whatever this year was, it was pouring down rain and we're playing outside there. I mean, we have cover, but the audio, there's nothing but chairs in front of us poured all day long. And Darren and I, my brother, like, OK, Dad. most of the other bands would just kind of sit around and wait for the rain to pass. Right. Um, but on this particular day, my dad said we were punching a time clock. I'm sure we were making minimum wage. And my dad said, no, they're paying us to play and we're going to play our shows. So we played. And the next week, my dad gets a call from Hal Durham. He was the general manager of the Grand Ole Opry. Wow. Yes, he was. He said, Mr. Vincent, I would like to invite your family to come sing on the Grand Ole Opry. I mean, our, we couldn't believe it. Our dream come true. My dad, we had just met Charlie Leuven. My dad assumed Charlie had recommended us. And so he said, well, we want to thank Charlie for recommending us. And Mr. Durham said, Charlie had nothing to do with this. And dad said, well, how did you know about, how did you know about our family? He said, last week, while you and your family were playing in the rain, he said, I was on vacation with my family around the corner listening. Wow. And that was one of the greatest life lessons that
0: you always do your best because you don't know who's listening. Oh, that's a great, great story. That's incredible. I, I love that. And, and the, uh, I've told that to, uh, you know, so many, uh, New artists and new writers and musicians in town, Rhonda. I've told them that I say, go out there and just be prepared for your, so when your moment comes, you know, because we get so very few of that perfect where things line up, the stars line up, be prepared right. and, and give it everything you got because you never know. I had a bass player. Um, uh, I was filling in, uh, down Broadway. Uh, the guy calls me up last night and goes, you might come down just doing a set down here. I, you know, I said, Oh, sure. What the heck? I'll come down and play. And the bass player, he's still, he told me, uh, he goes, my dream is to get on, a, get on a bus and tour, you know, with an act, mm-hmm. a, a major label act, right? And uh, so he's telling me this. We, had, Ronnie, there were five people there at this bar on Broadway, five people. And I said, well, you know what? Get up there with me, give it everything you got. You never know. These five people, there could be somebody. That's well, right. Steve Azar. You remember Steve Azar? Steve Azar's brother was uh was listening to this conversation I was having five people he was one of the five he goes you know, my oh, brother wow. he goes my bro- my brother's looking for a bass player um could you come over and no. audition tomorrow he got the gig he, he ended up wow. touring, touring all the country with Steve azar five people in that bar and his you perfect was one. your craft you perfect your
3: craft and when opportunity knocks you have to be ready for it
2: yes I think we have a I think we have a TED talk going on here because I mean there's so many I mean, seriously. <laughs> Yeah I I I've mentored younger kids uh for years and everything we're talking about is what you guys are talking about is is amazing. I mean you should number one when you go out there like you said if you don't love it don't do it, right? If you love that's it get true. out there, put your heart out there, leave it all out there. But the old uh, uh you might get signed. You know that's that's a th- there's a that's a that's like winning the lotto, right? But you never you really never know who's going to be out there. So I, I appreciate you pointing that out. That's a beautiful story. And again, artists pay attention.
3: That's right. Back you to- you have to be ready. And I mean, and God has a plan. So you,
2: the, you know, yes, ma'am.
3: you can, do everything I've tried to do when I try to do it myself, it doesn't really work that well. But when you say, Lord, what is it that you, what is your will for me? And let me follow. Let me accept that because we have a free will. We have free choice to do whatever. So, if we choose to follow God's will, I find it works out a whole lot better.
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's, it you know, what I, I want to add to that. Is but it's. It's got to be. I'm gonna be honest here. It's be. Well, I'm always honest, but uh, it's a commitment. It's a commitment because there's been times I've said, "Okay, I, I'm. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give it up to Him. This is too big for me." And I was saying the words, but I wasn't. I wasn't really, truly making that commitment. And boy, when I did, life changed. So right. thank you for bring, thank you for sharing that. That's, That's very awesome. personal. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to know now, how did the amazing Dolly Parton come into your life? Cause y'all have done some <laughs> collaborations. Like was she a big uh, influence on you? And like, how did that, how did y'all become friends and work together?
3: Well, like everybody else, my dream was, to, I had dreams of meeting her, you know, I always wanted to meet Dolly Parton and loved her and, and such a, her music was, you know, so influential. My first little single I did in, I think, 1973 was a Mule Skinner blues. You know, right. a lot of people, because of Bill Monroe and bluegrass, but really I had the single of Dolly, and I learned the Mule Skinner blues from her. And, well, and now I have my guitar player that's in my band now, in The Rage. He was born in 2000, and we had this conversation. 2000! <laughs> so if you were out there and you were born 2000 or after we used to have a thing called a codophone, and that's what took our messages. And i lived in, I'm from a tiny town, Greentop, Missouri, 550 miles from Nashville. I came home one day and the red light, about four o'clock in the afternoon, the red light was blinking on my codophone. And I pushed the button and it said, Hi, this is Dolly Parton. I want you to come to Nashville and sing with me. Now, I thought it was a joke. Carl Jackson, once again, Carl Jackson, what a wonderful man. I love Carl. He introduced, he introduced me to James Stroud. He, he was singing on an album. It was 1992, and it was an album called Slow Dancing with the Moon. And Carl sang on a song with Dolly, and she said, who should we get to sing the other part? He said, you need to call Rhonda. And he told her I was going to be in town the next day. I was in Greentop. 550 miles at four o'clock in the afternoon and we hopped in the car and I drove overnight and found myself in the studio the very next day with Dolly Parton. And that's the first time I met her. The first time, I mean, I just, it's like, Oh my gosh, this is Dolly. And I, I came out of there thinking, Lord, whatever you have in store for me, I'm take me to heaven now. Because I just sang with Dolly Parton. It was, it was unreal. From that uh, developed a friendship and have worked with her so much. She's been on my albums and I've been on. She's a big fan of yours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on her latest album, uh, Run, Rose, Run, um, on a song called Firecracker. And, you know, one of the really surprising things was the Dumplin' movie that Jennifer Aniston produced. And see, I sang on the, I sang Harmony and played mandolin on that soundtrack uh, on a song. It's a trio with Allison Krause and Dolly and I. And so, wow. it wasn't, I, I just think it's the soundtrack, right? And we're watching the movie Dumplin' then over Christmas, and 45 minutes into the movie, they are in the car, the car scene. Like I'm singing on a, I'm singing and playing mandolin in a movie. This is so <laughs> cool. Woo <laughs> hoo. Um, she has been it's so great. She is amazing woman. And I mean, in so many different aspects um, to show you really, she does so many things that no one even knows about. And probably no they, nobody knew about this. 2005, I had a life threatening illness and I uh, didn't think I would be here before you. And, When I came out of the hospital, Dolly was standing in my living room and she said, I had to make sure you were okay myself. She came from Nashville, drove up or they had, they drove her up uh, and, and to, I just started crying. I I couldn't believe it that she was standing in my living room and she's, you know, there's this numerous things that
0: she does that no one knows about. And so I love her so very much. Truly special woman, truly special artist. Absolutely. Speaking of another special, special artist. I I get this really great record of uh, paying tribute to the great Mr. Elton John, and I I crank this bad boy up, and my favorite (laughs) track on the record, and the the song itself, it's an album cut from two thousand from nineteen ninety five album of Elton's. I'm like, how does Rhonda even know this song? (laughs) It's such a cool song, but like, how does she even pick this song? It's called Please, and you tore it up. It's the Elton John tribute record that you're on. How did that happen?
3: Well, it would go, flashback to 2003, uh, my album One Step Ahead came out on Rounder. And we, put, we were performing in California. And they said, there's a gentleman by the name of Bernie Toppin, And he's a huge fan of yours. And he's coming to the show tonight. And he would like to take you to dinner. And so Bernie came to the show. We went to dinner, um, became friends from that moment on. So we've had this long friend. It's it's probably the most unlikely friendship <laughs> that people go. They'll see me with Bernie and they're like, how do you know him? That's awesome. Bluegrass is, Bluegrass is his favorite music. And so, oh, anyway, wow. so he, it was the 50th anniversary of Bernie Taupin and Elton John's um, mu- musical collaboration. So they're celebrating 50 years of, of their music. And when he started making this, he goes, he started sending me songs. He said, "Listen, we're doing a project, and I want I want you to do a song on here." And so he sent me song. Well, at first I didn't understand the words, and I thought it was something I couldn't sing. I misunderstood it, <laughs> and then I wrote them down. I started writing. I'm like, "This is such a beautiful message." It's, please, it is. Please let me grow old with you. I know. So. So we do it, you know, for anniversaries, and and it's just a beautiful a beautiful message in the song, and I loved it. And he said, "Okay." I said, "Well, how do you want always- to?" I was afraid they were going to take us in, you know, make a pop record or an Elton sounding type of, of, of song that was really out of my element. It's like, I that, that's not something I do. He goes, no, no, I want you to take, he said, I he gave me a couple of choices, but Bernie wanted someone to take the obscure song. So he's the one who sent me okay. the song. He said, Here's a song called Please. Here's how you find it, because you, I, I challenge you to look for that song. You really can't hardly. There's only one place it was live in London, I think.
0: Yeah, it it's only it's it's, it's, it's on the it's actually on the uh, I Was Made in uh, England album. Uh, oh, I think, okay, that's in, what in, in, in 1995. I'm a big Elton guy, but the, oh, right. but the, but I'm a big Rhonda person too. And I was like, <laughs> what what a wonderful! You did such a great job on that track.
3: Well, he allowed me to take it and he says, I want you to turn it into your style. So we, we had the band and I got together. Anyway, we turned it's what a great bluegrass song it is.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, you made it that though. I mean, who would have well, thought that's what they, I thought was so amazing. It's like, uh, most of the people on, on that, on that, uh, record, they kind of, they stay kind of true and close to the original. You took right. it and made it your own. And I thought that's what made it the highlight of the record for me. Well,
3: that was the like guidance with with Bernie. He said, "Listen, take it, turn it into your own." And they said, "You know what? Do you think Dolly would sing? Could you make it a duet?" And she just upped the game on it. It's like we sent it to her, and they said she took it home and and she's like, really, all the things she did on that is like, wow, I would have never even thought of, of to do those. So um, good collaboration, Dolly, for yes.
1: We've chalked on the wall
3: One of my favorite things about the music, the music industry is getting to collaborate with people. Um, and, and it's the unlikely things that like this. And then I got to go to the Elton John show when he was in Nashville following that, and here I am. He could see, that was a number one bluegrass song for us, wow. please wait. from that album. Did I know that and either? I, they say Elton, this is Rhonda Vincent, and he ran over. This is a guy who's done <laughs> everything. Elton wrapped his arms around me and he said, I'm so happy. I've had a number one bluegrass song. Yes. And like, oh my goodness. This is
0: crazy. That is so great. Uh, yeah. That's that. That was a nice surprise. It's a wonderful record. But again, I don't put nothing past you. Anything you take on, you take on with a hundred percent commitment and you nail it either live or television or, or, or on record. And that's, I just think, uh I, rhonda uh, uh, selfishly i wish the, the 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 a lot of the other artists the newer uh, young ones a uh, young artists coming up would, would would have a bar that high i mean you you're really a special artist that, that always keeps the bar so high and i just wish there were more like you honestly I, i'm selfishly i wish there was more like you honestly
2: we took we actually talked about in the in the in the green room prep before you came on today and we had that debate where, like, is you know, artists just aren't doing what, what, you know, sing like Rhonda is singing. I mean, that high bar. I mean, that's uh, it's a true thing. There's so much because of technology. Sometimes, you know, we sit around wondering, you know, should we? Because I mean, you don't really know. I mean, how many times do you go to a concert and it doesn't sound like the record? Because right. melody, because melody, I'm not saying melody is a bad thing, but yeah, I mean, being just, no, a I i like, he-
3: yeah, I yeah. like, uh, I like technology too. But I also, when you go stand, you know, to go stand on the Grand Ole Opry, um, you know, there are no enhancements. Correct. Right. So you want to be able to, I, I love to be able to do that. And I want to, you know, as long as I can, I remember. And then some people say, well, what about if your voice is just not right? It's like, you know what? I remember standing on the side of the stage and watching Grandpa Jones. He might have been off pitch a bit, but I was still mesmerized watching Grandpa Jones up there.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I love Grandpa Jones because, uh, the only time my brother and I ever got an encore at the Opry, we got to do, uh, an extra song. He called it. He's the one that called us out and he goes, you want to hear, he, and here, here's what he said, Ronnie. He said, uh, you want to hear another song? Let's give another one up for Dan and Dave, the Elvis brothers.
3: <laughs> the Elvis he brother, he the got brother.
0: our, he got our first names wrong and our last name. right. He got nothing right. And I still love it. Well, we have something
3: something in common there too because he introduced me as Rhonda Fleming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, I got another great artist that you have worked with, and I want to know how this happened. Is um, Mr. Gene Watson? How did that uh, collaboration come together?
3: Well, I I came. I went to. I was in Nashville during Fanfare. He did a show at the Nashville Palace, and I'm like, I went to the show. uh, I had bus call at midnight. And I wanted to meet him. But his line he had an autograph line. It was so very long. Why I didn't just bust up to the front and say, hey, Gene, I'm Rhonda and see you later. I didn't do that. But I met his manager at the time, John Lytle. And Stan Barnett was there. And we were just sitting around. And John said, hey, he's working on a new project. Would you come in and sing harmony on it? And so I said, sure, I I would love that. Didn't get to meet him. And I was thought it was kind of odd. It's like, They're going to have me sing on this. Does he know about this? (laughs) (laughs) He did not (laughs) because your producer was producing it. Anyway, I went in to sing on it and and I was just singing it because it's the song together again. And I was just singing, trying to sing on the courses. And they said, no, okay, we want you to sing from the very top of the song all the way through. And I said, well, it gets too high in places. They said, it's okay. we're going to we just want you to sing it. You just switch or whatever you need to do. You just sing. And I just did it a couple of times. And when I left, the next thing I know, and just, but he says, he said he thought he did pretty good. And he said, the next thing I know, when they sent the mixed version, it was a duet. Like,
1: <laughs>
3: Together
1: again, my tears have stopped falling. Thank <laughs> you.
3: ramp, or to uh, uh, roll out this album, he was doing the televised portion of the Opry. And so they invited me. They said, hey, could you come in and sing with Gene, do Together Again on the TV portion? I was flying out of Kansas City, and my flight was delayed. And at that time, if you didn't get there for camera blocking in the afternoon, you weren't going on TV. And I So I'm, and so here I am frantic. I'm going to not going to get to meet Gene Watson. I'm not going to get to sing with him. This has wrecked my entire day and night. And so anyway, finally my flight left. I landed in Nashville, came through the Opry doors just in time as they are kicking off together again. And I walked out on the stage on the TV portion of the Opry without a monitor, by the way. I can't imagine watching this back now. (laughs) And before we ever said hello, We sang together again on the Opry. And then it's like, hi, I'm Rhonda. Hi, I'm Gene. I'm your dual partner,
0: by the way. Hello.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But now we've done an all-duet project together. We have a new song coming out on his album, even yet another duet. So it's exciting to always sing with it. One of the greatest singers in country music. And another, one of the most unlikely voices. He sings with tremendous vibrato. You know, he's, Gene has vibrato in his voice. My dad, if you sang with the, even an ounce of vibrato, you were going straight to hell.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> so understand.
3: And I think, so to put these two voices together is, is quite unlikely. But it worked. I was like, it does as work. I listened to the headphones, I was like, wow, our voices really blend well together.
0: My gosh. It does. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great record. Uh, and, um, and you can get that on vinyl, by the way. Yes, you can. Which I love. I love that we get these great records on vinyl now because my sons, both my boys are collecting the, the vinyl albums. And, um, I think that's a, that's one of the cool things that this, uh, younger generations ca- is really into the vinyl. And I love, yes. that. I love sitting because because you have to sit down and listen to a record like that. You know, you, you sit down, maybe get a nice cup of coffee, kick back, you know, and throw on a great, uh, Gene Watson, Ronda Vincent uh, album. And that I love that. I think it's, instead of the, you know, the old, the way in the 90s, I that bugged me. You just The, the C's became disposable. They just came like, they, they, the music became, seemed like d- depreciated at some Coasters.
2: Coasters. Yeah, exactly. As long as, as yeah. long as, I say, as long as we draw the line at eight tracks.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: No, let's just, yeah, let's do that.
3: They are making cassettes again. Did you see that?
2: My band, one of the bands, a band called Strangely All Right, we actually put out an EP a few years ago and we put it out e, uh, on cassette. And we, we thought it would be a gimmick. We sold out the first show. Wow. Do people even have cassette players? How is this happening? Is well, it, but,
3: it's a, but it's a neat, um, it's just a neat
0: memento. It is. That, uh, you're exactly right. Well, I wanted to uh, round this whole thing up to, I'm so, uh, it's so deserving. and I'm so proud of you that uh, one of your goals, uh, musical goals happened a few years ago. Uh, and they should have done it, in my personal opinion, a decade earlier, but uh, you became a member, you were asked to become a member of the Grand Ole Opry. And that's that's incredible. And it's so deserving. Uh, what was that? Please let us know how that whole thing went down and how emotionally that was for you.
3: Well, I didn't see it coming at all. I really resigned to the fact that I would probably never be a member, you know, hope, hoping for that for so long. And it was a complete surprise. It was February 28th of 2020, one of the worst times you could ever, this could happen. <laughs> you know what? There's not a bad time to ever be invited to the Grand no. Alliance. Neely walked out. Um, and people say, did you know this? I had no idea. No one knew except for Jeannie and probably two or three other people. And she walked out and said, because I recorded a song of hers on that on the latest album, yeah. uh, Music is What I See. And she came out and she said, when are you going to finish this album? And she goes, well, I said, well, when you give me more songs." And then she goes, "One more thing. How'd you like to be a member of the Grand Ole Opry?" I literally thought my, my ears like wishful thinking had taken over and I had morphed into did I did, am I trying to make something come, you know, come true that's not. And I said, "Are you serious?" And she goes, "Yes. What's your answer?" I'm like, "Oh, yes, 100%. Thank you, Lord," you know. And very I don't think there's anything else that's a better example of God's timing. You know, I'm saying whenever it is I'm so very thankful. Now, I had to wait 343 days to be inducted by Dirks Bentley on February the 6th, almost a year uh, later in 2021. Now I'm thankful for that because not only am I a member of the Grand Ole Opry, I never thought I'd have something in the, the Country Music Hall of Fame, but there were more members inducted in 2021 than there had been in, I think, since the 60s. So the Country Music Hall of Fame has an ex- an entire exhibit of all of the newest members in 2021, the people that were inducted. So I have my Opry Trophy is actually sitting in the Country Music Hall of Fame, along with an outfit and my poster. So I'm thankful. Once again, 343 days. That's OK. I'll wait that long. Whenever well, it is, I'm happy to, to have that. I promise you it's it, it is totally deserving. You're a great
0: you're such a great person. Uh, artist and, and person for this industry we're in here in Nashville, Tennessee. You, like I said, you, you set the bar so high. And when you walk on that stage, every performance I've ever seen you on the Opry and the Opry, if people don't know this, the Opry can be a funky mix sometimes. It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very Usually. unpredictable mix. <laughs> and, but it doesn't matter guys, Raymond, it does, Mark, it don't, it don't matter with Rhonda because she's going to, she's going to sound great no matter what the mix is. Uh. <laughs> no matter what. So congratulations well, again.
2: Ron's tagline should be something like, we're going to sing together before I say hello.
3: Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I it, like it. that.
0: Well, we thank you so much for coming on Rubbing Elbows. And uh, again, I, I've been a fan for a long time. I, I love that we got to travel together, work together, and I hope that happens again someday. I, I would, I know for myself, it's an honor to sing with you and, and just to know you. Yeah, you're a great person and, and uh, come from a great family. And and we're, we're real excited today to have you on the show.
3: Well, thank you so very much. I hope I get to see you soon. And and thanks for inviting me here today. I
0: appreciate well, it. Well, you're the reason I met Dolly Parton because you invited me over to the studio to, uh, to your, on your birthday. I came over to the studio and then I, my big mouth, I came in, Ron, happy birthday. And, and there's Dolly singing, over in the corner. I'm like, oh, great, Dolly. <laughs> I like my whole life flash from my eyes. I'm like, but you are the, oh, the reason I met Dolly Parton, so I'll be friendly oh that my too. Goodness. Oh, that's great.
3: Yeah. I love it.
2: Thank yeah, you thank so you much. Rhonda. Thank you Rhonda, on behalf of Robin Elbows. Yeah, it's been it's been a blast and it's too bad this isn't isn't being recorded video-wise because people out there would see what a cartoon character you are. It's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> see? Dang it.
3: <laughs>
2: just promise us you'll come back someday.
3: I Give will and I invite you to go I invite you to go to and find out where we are. Yes. You can leave a message on my message board there. That's the safest place or follow me on Facebook. You know I, I just had a tear duct uh was clogged and I put the they put the needle, you know, in your eye and I just uh. put that on Facebook so you never know you never know what, where I'm going to be or what we're going to be doing. Check it out.
0: We will. And all the great music from Rhonda. Please everybody listen. Check it out. Go to your record store, go to uh wherever wherever you get great run events and music. Believe me, it's worth it.
3: Thank you. The lonely time.
1: I can stand Cards Against Humanity
2: We like to go.
1: I ain't been nowhere. This is Crystal. I am Brittany from
3: Limberlost. And you're listening to Seattle Radio.